0: Mira
1: I just never could get into what my parents believed. I was always more into nature and wanting to be outside and following my intuition and, you know, all that woo-woo stuff that they literally were telling me was going to send me to hell.
0: Hello, I'm Katie Valentine, and you're listening to Soul Savvy Business. I'm a soul-minded spiritual entrepreneur, a Christian minister, and a New Testament scholar, but don't let that scare you. I support all paths to the divine, and I use tools such as chakras, dreams, and intuition to get there. On this podcast, we explore the intersection of business and spirituality. What do I mean by that? Too often, we separate our business selves from our spiritual selves. But in doing that, we don't leverage the full potential of either one. This series aims to help you fall in love with your own soul so that you can live your most fulfilling and successful life. On today's episode, I'll be talking with an entrepreneur who is an herbalist and a medical astrologist. But first... In every episode, I offer a tip around abundance and your spiritual journey. The tip today has to do with your own personal practices. I love to meditate, even though sometimes I find it hard. And it's tempting to have every meditation or prayer or ritual turn into a lesson that I can turn around and share with clients. But it's important for me to have time that is only for me and my relationship to the divine. The more aligned I am, the more aligned I can help others be as well. But I also have meditation time that is for my business on abundance on clients, on serving at the highest level. This is absolutely about alignment and getting in touch with spirit about my business, making sure it's doing what it is supposed to do and getting a little divine infusion into my business to make sure it's having the most impact that it can have. My guest today is Ira Atla, Ayer is a clinical herbalist and a medical astrologist and a clinical gastroenterology registered nurse. She helps people restore their vitality through the innate wisdom of the body, the planets and herbs, working especially with women and hormonal issues and women's health concerns. Welcome to the show, Ayer. Thank you for having
1: me. I'm so happy to be here today, Katie.
0: I am too. I'm excited to talk about all of these things, all of which I know just enough to be dangerous and you're going to illuminate them for us. So tell me, did anything resonate with you on the tip of abundance today? Oh,
1: definitely. I not only teach my clients that meditation is super important for them and their health and increasing their health and their vitality, but it's important for me and my business as well. It's something that I practice pretty much daily. There's a few days I don't. I homeschool my kids and I have a farm. So sometimes life gets in the way, but for the most part, I do try to do that every day And I've noticed that it really helps me like ground and center for my own health and wellness, as well as keep me where I know I need to go for my business as well. So it's wonderful practice. It works really well. It's not always easy to get started. But once you start really incorporating it and making it a routine, it definitely you see the changes and you see why it's so important to do it and continue doing it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, meditation life is ongoing, evolving, just like business life and personal life. My schedule has been a little bit thrown in the past month as I've been traveling and helping out with in laws and with my own parents as well. And that regular meditation time I was so used to got skewed a little bit, but it's always there to serve me, even if it's at a different time or only for two minutes instead of 10 minutes as well. And I'm curious do you meditate on your business as well? I do. I use it a lot
1: to. I'm a Scorpio and I have Scorpio on five planets. So I am very like intuitive and very empathic due to all that Scorpio influence in my chart. And so for me running my business, I prefer to really follow like my intuition and where it's guiding me to go. And so sitting in meditative state for you know, X amount of minutes every day, meditating on my business. Usually it's like life, but I do put my business in there too. I've noticed a huge difference in my business since I've started really doing that too and incorporating the things that I learn in meditation into my business and my practice. So I definitely use that a lot.
0: Awesome. A question I ask every guest is this. What word or words do you currently use when referring to whatever it is that you consider the divine?
1: I usually use just like the universe. Sometimes I use nature spirits or my spirit guides. Um, It just depends on where I'm like leaning that day or how I'm feeling. But typically those are the ones that I use. That's who I tend to call on when I'm doing my own thing. And so that's kind of where I lean personally and then professionally as well. I tell my clients, you can say whatever feels right, the universe, whatever. My one daughter, she's really absolutely in love with the moon. And so her person that she calls on her deity, her divide is Luna. And so, you know, it's different for everybody, whatever works. But
0: those are my two, mainly my spirit guides in the universe. Tell us a little more about spirit guides. What do you mean when you say spirit guides?
1: I believe that there is in nature, especially, and I'm a green witch, so I spend a lot of time in nature. It's where a lot of my practice is. That's where a lot of like my spirituality comes from is just spending time in nature. And so I just believe that there is an innate spirit in wisdom in every plant, and every living being out in nature. And they all have their own spirit. So in my case, my nature spirit guides tend to be the plants that I'm communing with at that time, that I'm using in my rituals, that I'm drinking in my tea. And so when I sit and meditate, I typically tend to call on whatever nature spirit guide I feel led to that day. And that's typically some of my, my really favorite herbal plants that I use for things. So a lot of like yarrow and chamomile, and those are both healing for your heart and they're good for helping your intuition. And so I kind of use those rosemary a lot um, as well. So that's kind of what I mean by that for me personally. I'm sure other people might mean something different, but personally, when I call on my spirit guides, it's calling on the wisdom and guidance from my favorite plants in nature.
0: And for you, are the spirit guides that you find in plants and nature, is that, are they part of the fabric of the universe, but with their own distinct personalities, or um, would you describe that very differently?
1: Well, we are a microcosm of the universe and so are the plants, but they're also beings in their own right. Like They came here willingly to inhabit this planet and be teachers for us. So I feel it's kind of a little bit of both. They're part of the universe and they're a microcosm of the universe. But at the same time, they're also kind of like their own innate beings as well. So they're kind of a mixture of both. And they uh, that's why they're so healing to us and why they can offer us so much wisdom and healing in ourselves is they have been here for millions of years. So they have all this wisdom that they can teach us. And then they're also part of the universe, which is why they help restore balance to our bodies and help us heal because they have the medicine and the guidance from the universe as well, just like we do.
0: I love it. And not to do with plants specifically, but just yesterday I was on a tour of a bay for dolphin watching. And was kind of connecting with the dolphins that we saw and their playful nature and the spirit of dolphin in general. So not quite the same with plants, which I want to have an affinity with, but I just managed to murder in my household. And so I'm hoping that maybe you can give some practical tips on how to build a better relationship with them so I can it keep takes them practice. more alive. <laughs> yes. Okay, good, good. Okay, <laughs> yes. there's hope. There's hope.
1: It definitely takes practice. I will tell you, I have managed to kill a cactus before. So <laughs> okay. you were not alone in not being super good at plants right off the bat.
0: Okay, good. Okay. The Green Witch and Herbalist wasn't perfect at it at the beginning. So that's good news for those of us that feel a little hopeless around this area. I can't wait to find out more about your current practices. But before we get to that, would you tell us a little bit about your religious or your spiritual upbringing?
1: My religious upbringing was very much organized religion. My father was a minister in the Independent Fundamental Christian Baptist Church. So I spent a lot of time growing up in that. It was a very oppressive Baptist religion. Uh, very much women were to be seen and not heard. And you were to have long hair, wear long skirts. And you were basically married off at 18 to have babies and you know, live your life barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. And that was just not what I wanted for my life. So when I turned 18, I took a very different path. And instead of just marrying the first person who asked me and You know, staying in that small little town I grew up in, I left, I went to college, which was really frowned upon for women to go to college for anything except for like maybe being a teacher or maybe being like a secretary. So for me to go off and be like, I'm going to nursing school was like seen as really rebellious and uh, my parents were not happy, but I left. I did that. I followed what my heart said to do, which was to go help and heal people. That felt like it was my purpose on this earth and it very much is. And so I went that way instead. And then as I kind of finished college and kind of got more out into my own, I kind of just started following my own path. And that's eventually led me to where I am now as a green witch. And uh, I just want to say a pagan green witch, I don't really worship or follow or prescribe to any certain deities like some do. So um, it's more just the like, nature in general.
0: That's an amazing journey. And I'm, I'm trying to imagine the fundamentalism you grew up in, which is one of the most toxic forms of Christianity and how you followed your own heart and leaned into your own resiliency there at a young age too. 18 is actually fairly young to do that. A lot of people don't manage to make that breakaway until they're in their 40s or 50s or later.
1: Yeah, I think it's because I just never really prescribed to it growing up. I had a really curious nature. And I always was asking questions like, well, why do we believe it like this? Or why is it like this? And they could never give me any answers that satisfied that curiosity or were a answer that made sense to me, right? It was like, well, that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> like, and so I never really, like, was truly as into it as, like, maybe my parents thought I was or wanted me to be, and so I think it was easier for me to break away because I was already very skeptical of that whole religion anyway. But I know it's not easy for everybody. My sister had a much harder time, you know, leaving and getting out than I did. I just never could get into what my parents believed. I was always more into nature and wanting to be outside and following my intuition and, you know, (laughs) all that woo-woo stuff that they literally were telling me was going to send me to hell sometimes.
0: That sounds like you just never internalized it. No,
1: I don't think I ever did.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well,
1: tell us, what does a green witch mean? A green witch is a witch who tends to be more into like the plants and nature and then the healing side of stuff. So a green witch tends to be someone who probably has like a big garden, grows all of the herbs, has a really close relationship with the herbs and nature and plants in general, and tends to use the knowledge of those plants and what they've taught them to help heal others with that knowledge and with those plants. So they tend to be more of on like the healing side of like the witchcraft stuff instead of more of just like the solitary practice. So we tend to, you know, be the ones who, Like, if somebody is having problems with any kind of health issue, we're the ones that they would come to and be like, Hey, you know, back in like the day, you know, they'd be like, You were the person that lived in the woods. That was like the weird one in the village, but you knew all the stuff for healing, and they would come to you. That was basically like our lineage. And that's kind of, well, me today, I live in the middle of nowhere on my farm, growing a bunch of plants and communing with them, and then making my herbal preparations and selling them. So,
0: and this is one way that I have explained witchcraft to people, and tell me if this explanation works for you or if I've gotten it really wrong, that witchcraft is the practice. The religion is Wiccan, and you can be one or the other, or you can be both. But I know many people who would describe themselves as practitioners of witchcraft, but not necessarily Wiccan.
1: Yes. Wicca was a made-up religion by a guy back in like the 50s, 60s, So it's relatively like new and it's not really, you can be a Wiccan and not a witch and you can be a witch and not a Wiccan. (laughs) They don't always go hand in hand. Wicca is very much like an organized religion for like worshiping of nature and nature deities and things like that. Whereas witchcraft is more just a practice of honoring nature, honoring the seasons and the cycles of life and living in tune with those cycles and those seasons and living your life just really in tune with the earth and nature and all of her seasons and the moon phases and all of that. And it can be a solitary practice where it's just you and nature. You can have you know a group of people that you practice with that you maybe do your rituals with and stuff like your new moon rituals, your full moon rituals, things like that, or people you get together with for different reasons. Some of our holidays that we celebrate, things like that. But for the most part, it's more of just an internalized practice of what you do to live with nature and not necessarily a organized religion. Like we don't have a book. There's not a, you know, not a spiritual guidebook or anything like that.
0: Not a statement of faith.
1: Yes, exactly. And most Wiccans are not witches. They just are
0: Wiccans. Yeah, I think our popular culture tends to conflate the two and not always explain the difference. So I really appreciate that you can explain the difference. And according to your definition... I might be able to consider myself a fledgling, a sapling green witch because I definitely follow the cycles of the moons and the planets. And like I said, I don't keep plants very well, but I do appreciate the earth and am in touch with it. So thank you. Tell us maybe a little bit about how your spiritual practices or your identity as a green witch have influenced the way you think or you feel about money and abundance. Oh,
1: well, that's a good question. So growing up, we lived very much in a poverty mindset. And I think a lot of that was for good reason. Um, Being in the type of religion that we were, they weren't very fond of wanting to pay their ministers with cash or money. We were literally people would like show up and we would get like a dozen eggs from their chickens or we would get one of their chickens. And so there was always like a lot of penny pinching and habits like that. And that has, you know, kind of carried over, unfortunately, into my adult life. And it's taken me quite a while to get myself out of that and realize that everything in nature is abundant and everything is energy and that money is just an energy exchange between you and whatever you're purchasing or whoever you're purchasing it from and that it's abundant just like everything else and that it will come back to you. What you put out will come back. And so my beliefs now are very much where if I put this money out into the world for whatever good I'm putting it out for, that I will get it back. The universe will give it back. The universe will always provide for me. And I don't have to worry about like not having enough. You know, I found myself when I got on my own, like having a pantry that was so overstocked that like if we had any kind of disaster, I could probably feed the neighborhood for like four days. Like it was way too much because I just had that if I don't have it, I'm not going to have it again kind of mindset. And now it's much different. I find myself just purchasing what we need. And I know that more money will be there for me to go buy more when it's time. So it's definitely led me more to a peaceful relationship with money where I'm not so worried all the time, wondering if there's going to be money in my bank account. And really just understand that, you know, money is an energy exchange. And when I put my energy out, the energy will come back because that's how energy works.
0: And I feel like the plant world is probably a wonderful teacher in that regard. Very much so. I was fascinated to learn that you're an herbalist and medical astrologist. So first, what is medical astrology? And two, tell me more about your business. What in astrology do we need to know? Just the basics. And then can you also tell us what does an herbalist do?
1: Yes, awesome. So the best way to get started, if you're somebody who hasn't done it before and maybe doesn't know anything, is to run your own natal chart. And to do that, you can Google any free natal chart software. And you want to know your time of birth, your date of birth, and your place of birth to plug in. And that will give you your natal chart, which is where all the planets were in the sky when you were first born and all the influences that they will have embedded into you when you were born. So, the most important thing to start off knowing is your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. And these three together are your ego, your spirit, and your soul, and how you might want to present yourself to the world your innermost self, and kind of like what your purpose is in life. And so those are the three most important ones to know to kind of get to know yourself a little better. I do medical astrology, which is a branch of astrology, where I use your natal chart to help me see how the planets are influencing your health, your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And I use that chart to see where all the planets are what signs they're in to help me determine what's going on with your health it's kind of like a microscope that helps me look inside of you what all those influences were when you were born and then I run it against where the planets are currently in the sky and what signs they're in and that helps really see like a more clear picture of what's going on with your health and ways then for me to help your body rebalance itself and heal those problems. So a herbalist is an individual who has either studied herbs through like their own practice of just getting to know them and learning how they work, or is someone who has gone and taken like a degree course from somewhere of how to use the plants. And then we use those plants medicinally to help correct imbalances in the body and help restore health and vitality to your body. So we are people who are just really in tune with plants and we really love them. Most of us like either grow our own or have suppliers that we're really close to that are, you know, well sourced, locally grown a lot of times, who will supply us with those plants that we can use in different combinations to help correct anything in somebody else's bodies or our own bodies to help restore health and vitality too systems. And uh, yeah, I really love being a herbalist. I got into it when my own health was not going in a good direction and the medical system was giving me no help or direction on how to fix it. And so I kind of found my own path. I felt better than I had in years and my body healed. And so that just led me to getting uh, my degrees in herbal sciences.
0: And you're a registered nurse on top of that. And I would love, if you're willing, to hear more about that personal journey with your own health scare and how herbs assisted you. And I'm curious if that tied into your becoming a green witch. It
1: kind of did in a way. So when I was 19, I was diagnosed with endometriosis. And when I asked the doctor, what does this mean? How do I cure it? What can I do? They were basically just like, oh, well, it's not curable. You're going to be like this forever. You may never have children. And just like, good luck. Here's some birth control pills. And I was like, that's just not who I am as a person. I was like, there has to be something. So I kind of investigated a little bit at that time, but I was in the middle of nursing school. So I kind of just pushed my health to the side, finished up nursing school, got a job in the nursing field. And started having a lot more health problems because when you ignore your health problems, they don't go away. They just become worse and more deep seated in your body. So I went back to a different doctor and I, again, was told, you know, your endometriosis has progressed. It's now worse. And there's pretty much nothing we can do here. Take these birth control pills. And then as he was leaving the room, he's like, oh, and by the way, it's to a point that you're probably never going to have kids. And then he left the room and left me by myself with that last piece of information and i was like wait a minute what i'm like 22 and i didn't know if i even wanted to have children but i wanted that to be like my choice i didn't want it just taken away from me and his only help was like here take these birth control pills so i had tried the birth control pills in the past and they just literally made all of my symptoms worse it didn't do anything to make them better and i tried like three or four different kinds and they all had the same reaction I was like, there has to be another solution. And so I started looking into other doctors who had a lot more experience with endometriosis and that kind of stuff. Because at the time, I was still very much like, I need to go to the medical system to fix this. And found another doctor who said he specialized in it. And he had a surgical procedure that he'd been doing with really good success and his patient's pain was gone. And so I went to go do a consult with him and his method of fixing it was literally just to cut all the nerve endings, going to your uterus and like down in the pelvic area and was like, there, now you're having no more pain. And I just kind of stared at him for a second. And then I said, well, I just have one question. Does this also take away any good feelings down there? I said, is it going to interfere with my sex life in any way? And he was like, well, I don't know about that. Nobody's really complained about it, but you know, you won't be in pain anymore. And I was like, yes, I may not be in pain anymore, but I may not have any of the other stuff either that I still want. And I was like, this seems like a really terrible option. It was birth control or this horrendous procedure that really seemed kind of unethical and shady. So at that point I was like, I'm going to find my own path. And that's when I really started on my journey into like the alternative medicine world. And I started seeing a chiropractor and I saw a naturopath and I was getting massages and I was doing yoga to open up my pelvic area and releasing trauma and getting energy work done. And I was taking herbs and I was doing all this stuff. And at 25, I went back to see a doctor and they were like, oh my gosh, your endometriosis is actually getting better. And they're like, we've never seen that happen. And I was like, okay, I'm on the right path. And that's when I started incorporating some more like daily movement and joyful movement in my life. And I got on a better diet and started eating whole foods and organic foods and cutting all the processed crap out and just being really mindful of what I was putting into my body. And at 28, I became pregnant and I had a baby. And when I had my baby, I was like, "Okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to help other women who are going through the same thing that are being told, by our medical system that there is no hope for you you will never have a baby your endometriosis or your pcos or whatever is not curable and it's you know something that you will never be rid of because I was rid of it and I was fine and I was healthy and I was happy I've never looked back and I love it
0: thank you so much for sharing that and what a powerful testimony and story about our power to engage in healing through all of these different ways Tell us a little bit about how you work with people. Do you work one-on-one? Do you work in groups? How does that work?
1: I have two ways of working with me. The first one is in a one-on-one setting, which is typically at least 12 weeks long of working together. It takes three moon cycles or three menstrual cycles to see how the herbs and all the stuff that we've been changing and working on are actually affecting your reason that you came to me. Typically, I see women with PCOS, endometriosis, infertility issues, wacky periods, painful periods. So because I'm dealing with a lot of like the female hormones, then that usually takes three months because it takes an egg 90 days from the day it's formed to mature. So whatever you start today affects that egg that's maturing 90 days down the road. And then I do have a group program as well, where I take small groups, anywhere from five to 10 women that we all work together in kind of a group setting and do that. So some really prefer the one-on-one. They're very private individuals, which is totally cool. And then there's others that are like, oh gosh, I'd love to have like eight other women that are supporting me. And so they do much better with a group. So I do have a screening process that if anybody wants to schedule with me, they go through this process first and we talk and we kind of see where they're at and how they would work best. And then they get plugged into whichever one is best for them.
0: That sounds amazing. And I'm, I'm so grateful you're doing this work in the world. It's so needed. What would you say has been your biggest challenge as an entrepreneur? Oh, <laughs> that is a loaded question.
1: <laughs> Oh, a lot of things. Oh my gosh. It's, I think my biggest thing, honestly, is just being kind of consistent and getting my message out there. I get so caught up in helping the people that I'm helping because I just love what I do. And i love to be all up in everybody's business and helping them out and helping them incorporate the stuff that sometimes I forget that I need to go find like new people too. So I- really like to do all of like the work inside the business and helping people. I don't like to do a lot of the work outside the business where I have to market and find new people and, you know, make social media posts. It just feels so blah and boring to me sometimes.
0: And how do you resolve that for yourself?
1: Well, I have a VA and they are wonderful. And they do a lot of my social media. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They do a lot of my social media postings and like my newsletter, and they do all the boring stuff because they like the boring stuff. So it's wonderful. So they do the boring stuff. I just have a lot of like messaging and stuff that I will like write up for them, and then they use it however they want to go out there and they do that. And that's great. So that works really well for me. I really like doing lives and like videos and stuff instead of just, um, lot of like writing posts. So I batch a lot of videos of stuff that like are either just for my clients. Like I have a whole video library for them of like things they need to incorporate into their lives and these things they can just go back to time and again and listen to to help them along their way. And then I have ones that I do like, you know, for other people. And I just I like speaking more and doing videos more. So I tend to lean toward that and I let them do the other boring writing stuff. And then I started a podcast myself because I really like I said, I like talking And that's like my best modality. So I have the podcast too that kind of gets a lot of my messaging out there. And then my VA takes that messaging and transcribes it and puts it out in the world as written stuff. So that's kind of how I resolved that is finding somebody who actually likes the boring stuff and I have them do it.
0: I love that Air leverages her natural gifts and inclinations, especially being mindful to conserve her energy, but also to delegate tasks that are energy depleting for her to people who do find them energizing. This is affirming our gifts at the very, very best level. Of course, when we're first starting out as entrepreneurs, we have to do it all, even the stuff that we find boring or that we just don't like doing. Definitely an aha moment for me was when I knew I could serve my clients better by hiring someone to assist me. At the time, I wasn't really sure that I could afford it. So it was a huge leap of faith based on my intuition, but it proved quickly to be worth its weight in gold, partly because my energy was freed up to do a lot of other tasks. On a spiritual level, I was also assisting someone with their abundance by hiring them to be my virtual assistant, And making my circle of impact wider because i was able to reach more people with her assistance and i got to have more time for my own research my own spiritual deep dives and my own play so i was curious if air spirituality played a role in choosing where to funnel her energy in her business
1: A lot of times it does. I don't follow a lot of that like prescribed business stuff where it's like you have to do X or you're not going to succeed or, you know, whatever the business advice of the day is. I really follow my intuition. I follow where my spirit wants to go. A lot of times I'll get downloads during like meditations from my spirit guides of like things to say, things to promote, ways to change my business up for the better, to help my clients So I just really kind of go in an ebb and flow and I really do follow like my moon cycles. So now it's a full moon, my energy is high, I wanna go, go, go. So this is when I batch a lot of podcasts and I batch a lot of videos and I batch a lot of content because I have that high energy from where the moon is in its cycle. And then when it's more in like getting closer to the new moon and it's ebbing, my energy is ebbing. I don't have to do a lot of work if I don't want to. I can more just be in the moment, spend time with my family. And the content that I batched when I had the energy is just flowing out still because I've been able to schedule it ahead of time. So I really do just kind of follow the cycles of the earth. Like you probably won't see me posting a lot in the winter because the winter is a time for rest and it's a time for recuperation and it's a time to reflect and it's a time to plan for the abundance that's coming in the spring. And so that's what I tend to follow as well as like the seasons. And I think prior to me getting into, you know, more into my spirituality and listening more to my intuition, I was more just the action, go, 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 go all the time. And I was just finding myself getting burned out. And then of course, as I'm burned out, things aren't working how they should. And I was like, why is this not working? And it's because I wasn't really living in tune with who I am and how my business should work for me. So once I changed that up, it's like, bam, the floodgates opened and it's been You know, so much better. So, I do highly recommend following your intuition, following whatever cycles work best for you when you have your own business. Because if you're not authentic to you, then your business is not going to succeed because people can see that you're not being authentic and you're not being real for who you are. And that does affect how they see you and if they want to work with you or not.
0: I think that's beautiful. And I certainly find the same is true for my practices and my business as well when I'm inattentive to my spiritual journey, um, my business feels heavier and it feels like it's controlling me rather than I'm in a positive relationship with it. Yeah, for sure. I totally feel that. So what do you think of when I say being in alignment? What does that mean to you? I think it means you're in the flow with your own
1: way of being. And so if you're not in alignment with who you are at your core, If you're still struggling with your identity as a person, if you're still struggling with your purpose here on this earth, this go around, if you're still struggling with something in identifying how you want to present yourself to the world and be true and authentic, if you're not in alignment with that, it's really hard to be in alignment with anything else in your life because they follow each other. Whatever you do in your personal life affects your business life as well. So if you're really not in alignment with who you truly are and how you truly want to present to yourself to the world and how you want to work your business that works best for you, then it's just not going to flow as well because you're going to struggle with it when you don't have to. People keep telling me, well, if you don't make seven social media posts a day on each social media site, you are never going to get clients. I don't want to post seven times a day on anything. It's just not who I am. So I post when I want to. And guess what? It has not affected my business at all. And that's because people can see that when I do post, I'm not just posting to post. I am posting and they can feel that energy that I'm posting because this is when I want to post. This is something I need to post. This is something I was guided to post whatever. And they can feel that energy. So personally, when I'm in alignment with who I am at my core, my business flows.
0: Can you tell us maybe a time when you were not in alignment?
1: i say when I first started my business, when I first started it, oh gosh, 2012, somewhere back in there, I did not start off doing herbal stuff. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I started off doing a jewelry business. And I was making like, you know, healing jewelry and using crystals and stuff, which seemed great, but that just really wasn't who I was at my core. That's not really how I wanted to help people. I wanted to be more service-based and one-on-one and help them with their issues and talk to that. But for some reason, somebody told me that I needed a product-based business and it would do better. And at the time, you know, I was still kind of a fledgling in business. And I was like, I need to listen to all the gurus. And so that's what they told me. So I was like, okay. And it did not do well at all. And that's because it really wasn't in alignment with who I was and what I wanted to do. And so I just struggled with it so much. And I think people could feel that energy that like, I wasn't really into it. So why should they buy this stuff? Because there was not going to be good energy attached to it because my energy was really not good when I was making these pieces. So I ended up selling that whole thing, sold it all off, got rid of all the jewelry and moved into what I really wanted to do. And it's been much better since then.
0: Beautiful. And what do you do to get back in alignment when you feel yourself off kilter?
1: Oh, the first thing I do typically is I go to my altar And I sit there and I either light some incense or I play some music that's like the singing bowls or something that's just musical, not any words. And I really get deep into a meditation and I just really ask for my spirit guides or the universe or my intuition, whatever to like come and guide me to where I need to be and how to get back into alignment. Because. I can tell when I'm out, like it just, it affects everything in my life. It affects my marriage. It affects my relationship with my children. It affects how I run my business. It affects how I deal with my clients. And so that's the first thing I do is I know that that means I've either been neglecting my spiritual practice or I've been doing it, but it's been like half-heartedly, like I'm doing it because I know I need to do it every day, but my whole like spirit isn't really there when I'm doing it, right? So I just go and really focus on meditation and realigning myself with where I know I need to be. Sometimes I'll do like a tarot pool to just kind of help guide me a little further or I'll call a friend that I, you know, I have lots of friends that are in similar spaces. So I'll call one of them who I know will give me like a virtual slap upside the back of the head and like, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) Don't do that. And uh, will kind of get me back to where I know I should be, but I've been kind of neglecting.
0: I love that. And I love my personal altar. I had an experience where I, I just moved to Ireland in 20, the summer of 2021. And about six weeks after I got there, my village has an arts festival. And I saw this table in the arts festival. And I thought, that is going to be my table. And it was an all-organic table. It was made out of sand from a local seashore and some of the things that come on the sand. And I thought, oh, this is going to be purchased already. And I called the artist and said, can I, is it taken? Can I have it if it's not taken? And he was so delighted because I was the first person to ever reach out and buy his work directly. He had always gone through intermediaries before. And he told me this wonderful process that he used to make this a table and it's become my altar space. So I I love sitting in front of it. Yes.
1: Mine is made from stones that we found around the farm.
0: Lovely. So, Air, your work focuses on helping women particularly. What challenges do you see women facing today that make this audience so important to you? And I'm just curious what drives your passion for coaching women with their health and their journey?
1: Yes. Well, after working in the medical space and healthcare American healthcare system, let me make that clear because I'm sure other healthcare systems are probably better than ours, but American healthcare system in particular has a long-standing history. Of ignoring women's health problems, of poo-pooing them when they come to them with health problems, of telling them that it's all in their head, and just prescribing like anti-anxiety or antidepressives when it's not actually necessary. And uh, if you're a woman of color, especially, you get ignored even more. And there's a long-standing history of women dying when they shouldn't have because they weren't getting the proper care that they needed because they were ignored by the medical professionals that they were going to or they were told that it was something else or that they just needed to lose weight and then life would get better and their disease or whatever they were coming to for would just magically disappear. And after being a nurse in this space for so long, and then after dealing with my own health problems and seeing how true that truly was, that I got so ignored by so many different medical professionals. And it took me from 19 until I was 32 to find a doctor that would actually sit down and listen to me and listened to what was going on with my body and said to me, well, you know your body better than I ever could. So if you're saying that this is happening, it's an issue, then I believe you, let's find a way to treat it and get rid of it. And I was like, oh my God, like it shouldn't take anybody that long to find somebody in the healthcare space that is willing to listen to you. And knowing that that was such an issue and then just having that be an issue for myself and I just didn't want anyone else to have to go through that or have to feel that way or have to feel like they were just tossed aside because their situation wasn't textbook example of how it should be presenting. And so that's pretty much where my passion comes from is I want to work with, you know, the underserved and the ones that are ignored or pushed off from the healthcare system, that have tried every doctor out there, they've seen everybody and still aren't getting any answers and feel like they've lost all hope. And I hate feeling like I'm a last resort, but that's kind of what it is. Sometimes they come to me like, I'm just going to give you a try because at this point I'm out of options. And, you know, if you can help me, great. And if not, well, then I guess, you know, this is it. And so that's where all of my passion comes from. And especially as a mother of daughters, I can't even tell you how many times I've taken my boys to the doctor and then taken my girls to the doctor. And it's been a completely different experience. Same doctor. Two different genders completely different experience and how my girls get care compared to how my boys get care and i just i will not stand for that in this world so i want to make sure that everybody out there every woman especially knows that they have somebody that they can go to
0: i love airs integrated approach to health wellness and wholeness that appreciates the gifts of western medicine and also recognizes its limitations. And her spirituality is a key factor in how she assists women on their own health journey. In my work as a New Testament scholar, I'm appreciative that so many of the stories of Jesus healing focus around restoring people to wholeness in body, but also to community. The Christ message also empowered the earliest Jesus followers to do the same, to be healers in the world, but also to make community where there was none for people who were desperate. Let me give a shout out to an amazing scholar, Elaine Wainwright, who showed very convincingly in her book, Women Healing, Healing Women, that there is a history, a hidden history, of women healers in the ancient world that gets very covered up. And she shows that some of the women who were later characterized as demon possessed might have actually been teachers to Jesus about the amazing healing properties of plants and other medicine. This legacy continues today. I see my own work with clients and entrepreneurs as an extension of those ancient healing women. While my mission is very different than Air's, I hope that we are compatible as a green witch and as a Christian mystic. And I'm so appreciative of the work that Air does because I've certainly had my own journey with my health and my body. Paying close attention to the rhythms of the earth and the moon and really shifting how I saw my body, not as a problem but as simply giving me information, whether that was around perceived minor flaws, painful periods and cycles, emerging allergies and food sensitivities. When I see them as valuable information and as friends to tell me something, my own health journey becomes much more empowered. I got the feeling that Air would agree that the body is not a problem to be solved. So I asked her about that.
1: Your body is not a battlefield. You do not need to spend every day fighting it. Fighting your body is not the way to live. We talk about everything in this world about we're going to fight it. We're going to fight this disease. We're going to fight that disease. And if you stop fighting your body and you start working with your body and you start being in tune with your body, healing comes because your body knows what to do. Your body is innately wise in how to heal itself. It just needs the proper support from you. And symptoms are your body's way of asking for help. It is a language. It's a language we may not speak. And it's a language that takes time to learn and learn how to tune into. But your body will always tell you what it needs. And as soon as you give your body that, it'll heal itself. So fighting it doesn't work. If you, Every medication out there stops your body's natural processes from occurring. Those processes are there for a reason. And if you stop fighting and trying to make your body stop doing what it needs to do and you start working with it, It's amazing what your body can do with just a little bit of support from you. And knowing deep down inside that your body is capable of healing itself, as soon as you change that mindset, it's amazing what happens.
0: Before we wrap up, Eri, do you have any advice or wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Never settle. If you feel like you're not being listened to by a medical professional, don't feel that you can't speak up about it. Don't feel that you are alone and that you have no one out there. There's always somebody out there that will listen to you. If that's me, great. I would love to work with you. If that's somebody else that resonates even more with you, even better. But you always have support. Sometimes it does take a little bit of looking, but I promise you it's out there and you don't have to go through any of this
0: alone. This is so terrific, Iyer. Thank you so much for being here. What is the best way for people to find you?
1: They can find me on Instagram at Twin Raven Naturals. That's the name of my apothecary. Or you can go to my website, which is TwinRavenNaturals.com. And that is where you can see all the ways to work with me. You can start the process by filling out the discovery form to see if we would be a good fit. And you can read my blog with all kinds of information on it. You can sign up for my newsletter and you can download a free natural hormone balancing guide as well to help you get started on the process and kind of see some of the steps that I would take you through if we work together.
0: Thank you so much. I'm Katie Valentine, and you've been listening to Soul Savvy Business. Soul Savvy Business is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes shows like Just Between Coaches and Once Upon a Business. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Melissa Deal and Cynthia. Melissa assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To make sure you don't miss great episodes coming up on Soul Savvy Business, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you liked the show, please give us a starred review. It is the best way to help us get these ideas out there to more people. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.